Big Fluff. You are lucky to be here. Lucky. General von Ryberg. When you are frozen, your brain is still functioning. For the last five years, I've had a single dream. Of a world that doesn't exist. Of a world where you can see the sun. And every day, I bathed in its warmth and in its light. And now you've brought me back to a world that is cold and dead and hopeless. I think I'd rather you just put me back. Hi, everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. This is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And we are continuing our look at so-called mockbusters or drafting opportunities. Uh, and we're sticking with Asylum Studios. And this month or this week, we watched uh, the classic movie Transmorphers. And here to help us find the silver lining to that movie, uh, the nicest man in show business, <laughs> Sean Lada. <laughs> Welcome hey, aboard, Sean. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I I'm curious, when you heard that intro, was that triggering for you in any way to hear it described as he was dreaming of a place that was sunny and warm, but then was living in a place that was cold and dark yeah. as you yeah, prepare to move be, to Chicago. Yeah, yeah that's going to be me in, a, in about two weeks. And I'm going to also have a, a terrible British accent or slightly Scottish accent at times. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, just be, um, yeah, frozen and 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 dreaming uh, for the rest of my life. <laughs> Perfect time when you move to a new city to just start doing a vaguely British Scottish accent. accent. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he, so he sounded like he was doing his best impression of like one of the Beatles. And it's just like <laughs> it was, I, I think he at some point delved into every individual regional accent within the United Kingdom. Yes. Like yeah. a little bit Newcastle, a little bit yeah. Liverpudlian, a little bit Manchester, a little bit Glasgow, a little bit you know, everything yeah. but Cockney, pretty much. Absolutely. <laughs> that would have yeah, been a good choice. Just imagine if it was Hello, you know, when you're <laughs> like when, when, when you're frozen, governor. <laughs> every day me, pe me peepers the apples and pears, right? <laughs> me peepers saw the sun they did. <laughs> yeah, it is uh it's terrible. I wrote down when I was watching this, there's no way this could be his accent, right? There's just there's no way. He kind of sounds it's, like that uh, one guy. Who was the one guy from Game of Thrones? Holy crap. He oh. was born in London, England. <laughs> wow. I was going to say, oh. Moved to the Netherlands. <laughs> this, oh. ex this explains but it. Then moved back to London yeah. when he was 18. Wow. I thought it was like a London slash Netherlands accent. That's definitely what I was getting. <laughs> it was definitely a Dutch <laughs> accent. <laughs> it was, it was, I wonder if you really thought that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, check my notes right here. I wrote it. I wrote it down. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Uh, I, I am shocked. I'm legitimately shocked uh, that that's his real accent. He kind of he does. Uh, what I was gonna say. There's he no sounds guarantee that that was his real accent. Sure, right. English because right. he's not any London accent 
I've heard. Yeah. Doesn't he sound a little bit like uh, the one guy from Game of Thrones that was like with Khaleesi? You know, the the like disgraced guy. Oh, that yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a little bit of that thing. Whatever Davos? that. Was that his name? Yeah, I think. Davos Seaworth? Yes. No. Uh, the, yeah. yeah, the older guy who is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he like, does sound a lot like. My Khaleesi. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's my, like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, man, he's the, he's the wild card in this movie. <laughs> In a movie and full I, of wild cards, he's yeah, the yeah. loudest. Scott of Lock <laughs> with wild cards. Holy cow. All right, well, we should probably set this up a little bit because sure. uh, obviously the Sean Lada appeal, we probably have a lot of people listening who haven't seen this movie who are, are big Sean Lada stands. So Probably uh, a lot more Sean Lada fans than Transmorphers fans. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, but, but yeah, so this is this came out in 2007, right? It came out, yeah. it's capitalizing yeah. on the first Michael Bate. Uh, Transformers, and that's about it. It's just the name is capitalizing. They are robots that in disguise. They're not really in disguise though. They just no. are robots that turn shape. into other things, like yeah. weapons. Like they're tanks. either humanoid or weapon. I think right. other, t- <laughs> but yeah. The 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 basic setup of this movie is that in two thousand nine, these robots showed up, forcing humanity underground for 400 years at I wi- wish at which point uh this is this is for is this 2409 20, it's 2309 yeah. 2309 yeah. and then they decide uh, to fight back yeah right. they, they fight back and they as you can hear from that opening clip there were people that were cryogenically frozen that are yeah. uh unfrozen to help okay here's the bananas part though that uh Mitchell, the character that was frozen, claims that he dreams of the sun at no point in this guy's life. Has he seen the sun? Because he'd only been frozen right. for five years. Right. That's right. And, well, yeah. And, uh, right. And the aliens go to Earth and then five years later. So there's a five year separation between two things. Right. They're like the aliens. Uh, oh, no, the aliens take over then, like immediately. And then for 300 years, humans live underground hiding from the, the alien right. robots, okay. which they don't even know are alien robots. They think that the robots are vehicles piloted by aliens right. and only in this uh, assault, uh, this uh, finally deciding to fight back. Right. Um, you know, I, and it is. I it's, think it, go, go ahead. I was going to say, it's funny to think that in this society that has been driven underground they don't know anything about the aliens but they know what the sun is like that (laughs) of the priority of knowledge that will keep you alive in their society they know what the the sun is the only song they saved was here comes the sun yeah yeah (laughs) and and uh, yeah and they also have a terrible uh way to protect the weather because every time they go out it's raining not only is it raining it is pouring and they say hey get ready it's going to be pouring rain yeah. The way have they experienced rain if they've lived underground? Like, what's rain? Yeah. I'm realizing, too, by the way, this is uh, specifically for Andy and for longtime listeners of the show. This is a bit like that Christian Bale dragon movie that we watched. Too. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what was the name of rain that one? Of Fire. Rain of Fire, because it was the same setup where they had to live underground because the dragons had taken over. But in that version, they... Christian Bale just 30 years. Yeah, it was only 30 years. And Christian Bale was like reenacting Star Wars and claiming credit for it I'm with children. Um, yeah, he and Christian Bale and Gerard Butler are doing a two man version of Star Wars. 
And it was better than the prequels. Yeah. That's amazing. And they're, the kiss that they did as Luke and Leia was hot. Real hot. <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when Christian Bale said, I love you, and Jared Butler said, I knew. You know, just, uh, <laughs> just for, yeah. wow, water fireworks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I think is crazy about this movie is that, um, yeah, let's get into it. That yeah. humans, you know, the people, forward thinking people, could see yes. an imminent threat. And just bury their heads in the sand about it until it's way too late. I mean, that just never happens in oh, modern society. Okay, Adam McKay. Oh. <laughs> Tone it down, McKay. <laughs> <laughs> I love your Lakers. <laughs> breaking, the, breaking the fourth wall? Cool. We just keep that going again and again and again. Hey, it worked for the big short. Oh, <laughs> man. I want to say about that. Do another um, anchor man. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did. It was terrible. Oh, right. You know, I, I think it's um, one of the first things I noticed, which in the 300 years, there's been a lot of progress um, in, in a lot of ways of this movie. There's uh, uh, same sex marriage between the two, uh, yeah. the uh, Mitchell's ex flame and then the sergeant general, general uh, yeah general and then there's something i don't know if you guys picked up on this but it's in the first scene and i didn't know at first if it was a flub or if it was a sign of respect but there's a line that says um one of the uh guys says uh uh mr chairman uh there you know there has to be some other way or something like that and he's talking to uh, the the woman that is um, in charge of, I guess, the fleet. And I was like, this is interesting. I, I wonder if, you know, uh, in this reality that that uh, I, I was like, oh, I wonder what they're doing with sort of well, uh, gender politics. Yeah, gender politics. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I actually I was reading a little bit about the movie uh, to prepare uh, and I actually saw that that character was written as a male character and then they just cast that actor and just didn't change it. So I, I don't know. That's what I, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I, I thought like, oh my God, did they just not change this? And just yep. like, yeah, let's just do it. It's, yep. uh, it's 300 years in the future. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's like anytime there's a female superior officer, uh, she is always referred to as sir. Right. Regardless. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's protocol. But hey, I, maybe I, it's yeah. 309. Right. <laughs> or or in the comic strip Peanuts. Those are the two situations. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Which was set in 2309. Most people don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's what we need is Peanuts 2309. <laughs> we gotta look, bring it back. Look, Apple, bring- Apple TV Plus, if you're listening, and we know that you are, uh, yeah. we will write... Uh, peanuts, whatever. Yeah, and it'll twenty three oh nine, twenty three oh nine, and in it they're living underground. But then Snoopy has to be the well, you know. Lin- <laughs> Linus goes to find the Great Pumpkin again. Yeah, yeah. right. But also Snoopy, right. like they tell him that the Transmorphers are the Red Baron, and so then yeah. he he springs single handedly takes them out. <laughs> yeah, and then we find out that he was a cyborg all along. Right, <laughs> and and oh, so. Man. And so was so was Charlie Brown. That's why he looks like that with his weird head and his, his you know, with his weird uh, alopecia. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't do hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, the movie starts 
uh, with voiceover talking about how humanity was reaching out to aliens and the aliens found out and struck back. Right. Um, and so I will say that when I was watching this, um, when they were showing like the alien spaceships, like going through space, I was like, oh, that's not the worst special effects I've ever seen. Then I waited three minutes and it was the worst special effects I've ever seen. <laughs> I, it looks like something from like a Windows 95 like demo. What? It's like it looks like a robot like shooter that you would get with <laughs> like it, Windows 95. It literally seemed like the one episode of Community uh, from season six where <laughs> with Chang. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, and where Keith Davis is like, oh, I've got a couple of old goo guys that we can put in there for the bad guys. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Dooma, Dooma. yeah. <laughs> and that's about as good as the special as the uh, Transmorphers got. You know what yes. I like, though, is that they weren't afraid to show them that you would think. No, unafraid. Yeah. They didn't, hide, they yeah. didn't pull a Jaws and like hide, <laughs> yeah. the, hide the special effects liabilities. I, I agree. And I got to say, when that first Transmorpher showed up, and it changed into the tank. I I was legitimately sort of surprised because I feel like a lot of these types of movies. Just hear me out. For a second. I feel like a lot of these types of I feel like a lot of these types of movies um, t- put very very little uh, creativity into the designs of these robots. Like there would be like a floating triangle with like a red light, and that would be it. Or there would be like uh, you know a sphere. And and uh, maybe a few things coming out of it. At least whoever was uh, in charge of the designs of these robots kind of like structured in a lot of different ways. They could like turn into a tank. They could fly. Uh, there's amazing flying sequence towards the end. <laughs> but I was uh, it's they still look like shit. But I, I kind of gave some kudos to the the uh, design elements of, of some of these transformers. You know what's, well, what's funny that I, I will I'll back you up a little bit that I'll say this because I, I'm not a fan of the Michael Bay Transformers movies. I don't like the way those models look. I think yeah. these CGI models with more money would have actually looked better than no, it, what it Michael really Bay. Se- yeah. Yeah. It really seems like uh, their VFX team submitted these things as like a like a previs type thing. Yeah. And. It's like, yeah, so this is the kind of shape we're thinking. Like, this is yada, yada, yada. And the director's like, yep, we got it. Perfect. Lee Scott's like, cut print. He's like, no, no, no. We're going to like put some layers on and like skin them a little bit and have textures. Like, nah. No yeah. need. We got it. Yeah. 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 It does feel like that. That it's, it's, yeah, I think you might have nailed that. That these look like the first draft, the previs of right. what could have been really cool robots. And yeah, they. Because like I think like shape wise and conception wise, like like Sean said, as good as any alien robot menace, like just conceptually, I sure. like, like the single intimidating eye, like it was, yeah. it played on a lot of tropes and like it made sense as a as a menacing robot, right? Yeah, you think of like, oh, maybe I'm trying to think of like maybe the first Avengers. There was like a. I don't know if uh, maybe it wasn't a robot, but I think like a some faceless of those... army in a sky beam. No, they yeah, that yeah. But even some of, of those, yeah, even though, right, even some of those movies that have you know a multi million dollar budget, as far as their like uh, villains are concerned, or sort of like you know swarm of whatever, it's pretty kind of basic character design. So I, I was a little, I was a little surprised that that they tried as many different things as they did in this one. Um, I'll say I'll say a lot of these robots had a lot more 
<laughs> character and kind of uh, enthusiasm than a lot of these actors in this movie. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Some of these line reads are just unbelievable. Well, yeah, and like the, so the movie does this thing where it like tries to get you to know and care about like the initial team of space Marines or whatever, only for them to be summarily wiped out. Yes. And because this movie had a nothing of a budget, right. uh, they spent a lot of, they spent almost a full act getting to know these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wrote down the names uh, uh, of the first crew. Uh, they are. You're the only one that did that. <laughs> they, I did a lot of nothing. I don't mean this as is, a viewer. I mean, like, as a producer, I mean, all... as anybody. <laughs> I wrote down a ton of there's Bowers, Little Sister, Clinton, there's Mitchell, uh, Blackthorn, of course, and uh, a, a whole slew of others. Um, Which one was yeah, your favorite I mean, of that crew? Like who? Wow, I really <laughs> I'm a Bowers I loved, guy myself. I, yeah, Bowers is good. Um, I like Little Sister. Really, I think Little. Yeah. I, I was a big Alexandra Exa- uh, fan. She was the she was she the was, blonde pilot, or was she no? The she was the pilot? red. She was sort of the she was a redhead. Okay, that kind of she sort of looks like uh, she reminds me of sort of like the bartender that they bring in on Bar Rescue to like to like teach <laughs> teach the restaurant like how yeah. to serve drinks a little bit. Uh, she kind of had she was a no nonsense uh, lady that really took charge as a part of the. Uh, uh, that Tresis gang, they were like these these women that I guess stayed behind and they're a different faction in the movie. But yeah, um, I think Mitchell probably was was uh, may have been my favorite. I mean, I think she was a close for second. Me, for me, the heart and soul of the movie was Itchy. Yeah, itchy. Well, oh, I have a lot to say about itchy. itchy well, you fought. Uh, what's his name? The, the vague accent guy fought really hard for itchy. That yeah. was like the concession yeah. that he got. That because yeah, they didn't want to give only... him anything. <laughs> and I feel like the actor that was playing itchy just asked the director, "Like, is it cool if I smoke?" Yeah, and the director's like, "Yeah, yeah. smoke him if you got him, pal." Yeah, he's. I, I wrote like all of these guys look like assistant managers at like a Home Depot. But also, like sorry, <laughs> sorry, Andy, you know, now that you're pointing that out, let's let's zero in on this for a second. So they live underground. There is no sunlight. How is he right. smoking? What What is he smoking? <laughs> like, yeah, not, where are they growing the tobacco? They're not growing tobacco. Whatever he's smoking can't possibly be tobacco because you would have to be growing that above ground and there's no sunlight. So what's true? Is he smoking like some synthetic? Did they make something? Yeah, I have questions about these cigarettes. I, yeah, I mean, if only this movie had been made later, it could have just been vapes and it would have all made sense. <laughs> they honestly, that's some of the stuff. Again, this movie is not interested in any of these questions, but yeah, we no. don't know what they're doing for food. There's no, it doesn't seem there's like no there's exploration it, into how the world works at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. And when it, we don't even know if anything besides humans, like I, any other species, are they all gone? Like, we don't know if animals... there's, no, there's no like, they don't even have like a pet dog. Like yeah. someone should have had a dog in this movie. Right. Yeah, yeah, that would have been it would have been appropriate for. Yeah, well, well, we do the, the peanuts thing. I mean, Snoopy's right. going to be down there <laughs> yeah. so. Snoopy already. So we're already. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we could have um, his uh, uncle Poncho, you know. <laughs> it's all it's, there's it, it writes itself. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact? OK, because like. So it's transmorphers. So it's right. it's 
supposedly it's cashing in on Transformers, but right. it, this is just a hodgepodge of every sci-fi idea that exists. Like, first of all, I saw that they they filmed a lot of stuff on the set of Firefly. Like, these are the yes. ships that oh, they're no using kidding. are... Yeah, so their ships are from the show Firefly. That's what they're... Wow. I, yeah. I like to imagine that they just snuck on the set after hours. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, yeah. Lee Scott, the director, was a key grip on Firefly. He's like, oh, guys, yeah. get in here. We're gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just had a key, and they were filming after hours. That's why they couldn't afford to, you know, stop the guy from smoking or yeah. change any of the dialogue. They just had to film up until sunrise, at which point. Uh, right. But yeah, so it's like, wait, so we don't can't use any natural light. Humans right. are underground. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but so you have that. So you obviously have the Firefly thing, but it's like, right. I mean, the sort of people are secretly robots. Obviously, that made me think of Battlestar Galactica. Right. You kind of had that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the guy who's uh, cryogenically frozen because he's a troublemaker, demolition man. Yeah, exactly. And yes. even the idea of <laughs> yeah. dreaming during while being frozen was something exploited in Demolition Man because that that's what it turned out is they weren't supposed to be aware, but they were. Right. They, well, and it's yeah. also explored in uh, Pitch Black, too, like in Cryosleep that you dream. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And then uh, the guy that played the scientist was 100 percent. Oh, man. Simultaneously, Jeff Goldblum and Brent Spiner's characters from Independence Day. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. I uh, that guy was very interesting. There is that one very creepy moment with like the there's a multiple. But with the cyborg and itchy or whatever his name is, uh, like hitting on the cyborg. And uh, yeah, that guy was um, very. uh, that scientist was just, yeah, uh, didn't he, a real. <laughs> didn't he promise to make Itchy his own cyborg? I think. Like, I, yeah. 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 And she's like, oh, can you uh, make me one of those for, uh, you know, personal I, yeah. use? Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like, oh, you want a real doll. <laughs> right. As they're all wearing, like, terrible these just like faux leather jackets and the goggles and uh also a question of where the leather gloves where's where's the leather leather coming from that could be pleather yeah that that could very easily be pleather yeah um yeah it was it was amazing to kind of just see how all this um you know mitchell mitchell is awoken from this cryogenic sleep the uh the lieutenant or the the woman in charge is has like a history with him and he uh was brought back but there he was court martialed and so there's like running a revolution was that he right for running yeah right and so she was like uh mitchell no funny business uh (laughs) we're gonna you know we're gonna let you do this but but don't, you know, mess up this, <laughs> don't mess up this mission. Which also, uh, again, I'm sorry, to, I'm not trying to be pedantic, but like, yeah, court-martialed by who? In what, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is civilization? Yeah. Like, what are the exactly. rules of anything? How did they get permission to unfreeze him? Yeah. Well, because she's general Rickenbacker base. Or but then did she yeah, do the, the court-martial? General Von something. Von Rickenberg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Very good. Yeah. Um yeah, von Rickenberg. And then you had the doctor who was had a Russian name, but um no accent whatsoever. <laughs> he no, just he was of, doing he was doing a combination of Jeff Goldblum and Brent right, Spiner. Right. Um, <laughs> uh maybe oh, just a little uh, bit Dr. Voloslav Alexavich. Alexavich. Right. He might yeah, be doing right. just a little bit of the one guy from the Matrix who's like 
What'd you think of the lady in red? There's like just oh, yeah. a little oh, bit, from, of, a little bit of mouse from the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Uh, I um, yeah. It it, it it just seemed like they um, every time you know they went to fight these things, there was something. They they start they started the, the tide the tide started to turn and they were kind of getting ahead of it and then they're throwing out all these like the EM, EMTs but these uh, these kind of exploding discs to destroy these robots but there's multiple times where they were just completely outnumbered yeah outnumbered outmanned outgunned all of it yeah um and in like the final fight there were. I think no fewer than five times that it was reported that the robots had gotten through every perimeter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like that can happen once. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. she could have said they got through the first perimeter. They got yeah. through the second perimeter or past the green line. I love like in the first scene, she's like uh, the person manning the radar is like, yes, uh, they've passed the green line. I think she said, they pass the green line and they're moving forward <laughs> as directions go. No northeast, south, or west. Just oh, the green line. Well, maybe the, it's such a clear line of demarcation that forward could only be one way. Yeah, maybe. It wasn't the green circle. It yeah. was just the green line, so it's clearly covering one way. And yeah. they wouldn't have been coming from their side across the green line, so that right. checks. Yeah. That's, that makes <laughs> that makes the most sense of any of the things that they that they any of the techno yeah. jargon. And in the middle of all this, there's still that love triangle between Mitchell, uh, Karina Nadir, Karina, and and Von Von Ryberg. Yeah, it's Ryberg. I looked it up. Not Rickenberg. It's Von yeah. Ryberg. And uh, yeah, there's just so much that happens. <laughs> yeah, I just want to point out that uh, that Karina is played by former WWE superstar Amy Weber. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I knew she looked familiar. <laughs> she 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 was on she was like a diva search contestant and was uh part of the roster for like six months but quit because everyone was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and now she 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 uh found her way onto onto Transmorphers. Holy cow. She I think she won. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She came out ahead. Well, Oh man, I don't know if I don't know if we're going too off off uh we can you know, topic, but there is that final scene. So, you know, we get towards the end. There's a lot there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of, you know, Mitchell is unfrozen, he has his own crew, he finds uh, a bunch of other soldiers, they line them up <laughs> in, in one of the most amazing training sort of I don't even want to call it a montage, but in order to test their uh, loyalty. They, he punches. Yeah, and then uh, says, he punches me. one guy in the gut, <laughs> and then there's also multiple fights where they slow down. They try to do a piss poor sort of uh, blur effect, where it's just very slow, kind of like <laughs> yeah movement and like terrible choreography. This happens multiple times uh, between both uh, the the trainees soldiers and. Yeah, and um, and so finally he gets this he gets this group, and they go out. But uh, uh, Karina and another 
uh, Itchy's sort of uh, crush, I guess. Um, I, I forget what her name was. The but, blonde one. Yeah, the blonde. Yeah, and so they that was her get name, separated, I think, in the past. right? <laughs> Probably they get separated, and they have to infiltrate a tower, and they have to take down this tower. To um, it's a classic sort of uh, uh, plot where if you take down the the, the central ship. hub, everybody right. Died. All the other robots die. This is the and Avengers so, ending. Right, yeah. The the and Doom. Phantom Menace. Yeah, and, Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. The and, destroy. And, the, it's called the lazy writer trope, where right. <laughs> instead of and, having to defeat everything, you just have to defeat one thing, and then they the, all stop. I don't right. feel like writing a denouement for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Which also, the, no one wants to watch them just kill all the faceless bad guys. Which also, again, right. makes <laughs> absolutely no sense because these are alien robots. But their tower that's installed on Earth controls whether they all die or not. How did the yeah. tower get there? <laughs> like, like if and that's how they could be killed. Yeah, what? Right. And why not? Well, maybe just... they had enough power to get to Earth, but then they had to establish a new control tower in order to stay yeah. alive on Earth. It's like a lot. It's the range. You know, they were just out of range of their uh, their last tower. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, yeah, so. They get separated and then they throw up a series of uh, electromagnetic pulses basically to fry the signal or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's well, yeah, it's eventually revealed that they have the the, like the final hallway is Mm. um, just heavily armed, heavily defended. Right. Uh, But they find out that only uh, non-living things can get through. But luckily... Uh, Mitchell oh, is a is an android, so he which, can go through. Which is also a really which, weird reveal that we haven't talked about because, again, the one the yeah. scientist guy he has the one woman android that he's like, I made her, but she's not the right. first one. And like he right. says that early on, and he was like, but the other one was kind of out of control. And then it's just late in the movie, he's like, oh yeah, by the it's way, you. it's it's you. You're it's you. Yeah. It's like I've always known. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down. I've always known. And, and he, Mitchell took it pretty well. He was just like, yeah. oh, all right. And sure. the reason that they had to get Mitchell is because for whatever reason, this robot technology was so advanced that they couldn't uh, put in one of the, uh, what was it? It was like a bomb of some sort to fry the mothership. The initial plan was to capture, not kill, capture one of the robots. Oh, like <laughs> the power cell. One, they immediately shut down and was right. unable to be yeah. started. And so they, they stunned it, and it in a very cartoonish kind of fashion, it was like ah! <laughs> and like, like Zordon or something, and like they, they capture this thing, they bring it to a tent, they try to operate it on it, they open it up, and it looks like it's a Half human, half. It has like, like guts. It has guts. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they can't just throw this kind of. And that's uh, how they find yeah. out that they're not aliens well, piloting robots. Right. right. I think that was yeah. That was the idea. It's like <laughs> yeah. a power cell or something. Whatever the the you know jargon is that he thought he could take out of it to then control their spaceships. And then he's like, oh wait, right. they aren't ships. They're that's them. So we can't right. do what I thought we were going to do because that's right. just yeah. them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, and so Mitchell has to, and the rest of the crew have to get up to the ship. So I don't quite remember how they... Editing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, so I think one thing 
that we have to determine before yeah. we pivot on this movie. Sure. Uh, it, does this movie count as a prequel to or a sequel to Mitchell's versus the machines? <laughs> well, because this wow. is Mitchell well, versus the machines. Right, so I think it would right. be the prequel because then they get more. It's like aliens. Well, so the first right. one is just Mitchell versus the machines. Oh, and yeah. The, yeah. And it did come out chronologically first, even though it's set yeah. afterwards. Yeah, I there did hear a sequel to this movie. It's yes. a prequel. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's tra- a Transmorphers Fall of Man. Yeah. They show how oh, the Transmorphers Oh, wow. I didn't know it was a prequel. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, next week, folks. Yeah, and so no Sean, come back. <laughs> oh, God. Sean, you have to come oh, God, back. I don't know if I can do it again. <laughs> I, I like you way too much to do that to you, Sean. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Yeah, uh, I think... Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. He, I would love to know why they court-martialed him. Because he tried to overthrow um, the government. Yeah. Right. He was. <laughs> the, the, right. The worst line, best line in the movie. I don't know what you want to say is like, sure. um, I programmed something in you that humanity had lost hope. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite line was before they um, before they allowed him to go on the ship for the final kind of battle was I lived my entire life as a human. Uh, being doctor, allow me to die like one. <laughs> oh, he's right. They're like, yeah, we can download your consciousness and, and rebuild you. And he's like, no. Right. Yeah. Who would say uh, no to that? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it just seemed it just seemed like such a, a, a sloppy operation for each time they went out. It was raining. People got separated. Um, there were at one point. Uh, itchy ran band. out of smokes. Yeah, itchy ran out of smokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh and at one point they just said blow it up they said heat it uh heat it up <laughs> uh and which is an odd turn of phrase uh yeah it's just crazy and and, and mitchell is in the middle again of this love triangle um which is so much going on and, and the movie makes it so obvious that karina is very much in love with general von ryberg right. yeah but at the same time, shares a passionate kiss with Mitchell, kiss with right. Mitchell right before he sacrifices himself. Which does right. track with the community Chang thing of just the on the fly script of yeah. <laughs> what are the relationships? Again, they had to film before the the crew of Firefly showed up. Showed up, up in the morning. In right. the morning, yeah. so they they didn't. Who's who? What are the relationships? What's happening? I don't know. Just just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, George certain- Lucas didn't know what the relationships with his characters were. Yeah, was filming that's too, very so. true. It's not limited to low budget features. Yeah, I, I, I was shocked when the robots uh, flew. There's a there's a moment where. So there's this moment where everyone's kind of very slowly trudging towards the mothership. They're trudging towards these towers to, like, gain further access to the mothership. And at some point. There are these jetpacks or no there are these um like aerial motorcycles that they find right and uh mitchell and uh karina and another person oh no not doctor someone else yeah the doctor doctor and the other side i think or yeah yeah they all jump on these like (laughs) it, it, it sort of looked like those bikes from like star wars uh, and they, yeah. yeah, and they just like, they were just trying, they're flying through the air and trying to like take down these robots. Uh, 
with the guns mounted to these bikes. Unbelievable. So should we pivot? I would say, should we pivot? Yeah, we got yes, to... we probably should. Yeah. I know I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I'm looking at the time. We got to, we yeah. got to get on these silver Sorry, lines. Sorry, yeah, I got yeah, carried no. away. No, you're good. Uh-oh. It's just, you know, we got to, we got to figure it out. Like, yeah, sure. Ah, uh, and we lost Andy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Well. Oh. 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 Here we go. Wow. There we go. Andy. Okay, great. <laughs> what a twist. Yeah, so I guess we should I was I guess we should, the whole time. I guess we should pivot. Um Yeah. Uh um so this doesn't count as a silver lining. Sure. But uh I would say for sure. I mean, Joel and I have been doing the show for a little over 2 years now. Lower third movie. Of oh, what we've watched. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, if not lower. Yeah. Uh, but compared to some of the other absolute turds we've watched, I have had fun talking about it. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, I think this is this movie like dabbles in the so bad it's good. Realm. Yes. In a yeah. way that other like in a way that Caddyshack 2 doesn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, for example, that's sort of been our, that's that's our floor right now is Caddyshack yes. 2. Yeah. Um, but so I don't think that necessarily counts as a silver lining, but like that is the type of movie we're dealing with. Yes. Um, I will say that, like, I think going back to the, at the top when Sean said, like, the fact that the special effects were so bad and the movie is so serious that they didn't try to hide it at all. Like, kudos. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because like when we watched Velocipaster, which had a <laughs> way worse budget than this movie um they did try to limit they did try to hide it sometimes yes yeah they, um in but, a way that this movie just embraced which is weird for how like not fun the rest of the movie was that like yeah. screw it let's just do the goofy looking robots that aren't done like yeah. I, I gotta give them kudos for that i agree yeah, whenever I see a movie like this and I see, like you said, the 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 visual effects trying to kind of like uh, be somewhat like interesting looking and I see the acting of like all these these uh, actors in this movie, I always think like this must be for so many of them their first like quote unquote like big movie this must be like one year out of an acting school that they all paid like fifty thousand dollars to go to and are like have a terrible loan and this is like their big break and uh it's i i appreciated that that they were really trying their best to kind of deliver these lies like you said andy in a very serious way but uh at the same time kind of it's just it's just such a it's just such a slog towards the end i can imagine how the audition process went yeah that like the people that were able to read their lines somewhat effectively got to be in the last two-thirds and all the people that were really bad were in that first the first third of cannon fodder right Although there's, yeah. I mean, there's some stilted dialogue throughout. Oh, throughout. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying that it was even more stilted in the first act. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I would have. I would. A part of me would love to be in one of these movies because it's it's so the the bar is so low. You just kind of have to be like, just deliver the line somewhat decently. Just kind of you know, be like, uh, what what do you mean, Captain? I'm I'm going to the base now, and just like that's that's it. They'd be like, great, we got it, and uh, we got yeah. it. <laughs> and just having that having that low bar. It just, it must be just, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would call it freeing because everyone thinks on this movie that they're doing like a fantastic job. I wonder if they knew that this movie was, you know, they had, you're they in a called to, Transmorphers. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it was never like, they didn't just like title it Transmorphers because yeah. like this was written as soon as they heard that there was a Michael Bay Transformers coming out on July 7th, 2007 or whatever. Yeah. They said, all right, let's see if we can draft on this and get get whatever. Let's hodgepodge whatever four sci-fi scripts we have, put some robots that change shape and let's roll. I think that would be my ultimate silver lining. The fact that I was surprised by this movie. I was surprised by the aerial motorbikes. I was surprised by the design of like the robots. And I was surprised that, uh, Mitchell was actually, when it's all said and done, not a terrible leader. He kind of, you know, he did his job. <laughs> he he didn't get distracted. He sacrificed himself. And perhaps uh, the reason for that is he's half robot. So he, did, he, you know, couldn't have fallen into some of the trappings of lesser uh, generals or whatever he was. Maybe they should have let him take over that failed coup that he had. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, well, yeah. And also, I don't know if we could talk about the final shot, but. Um, <laughs> that they also did not go outside for. No. They, they did not go. Well, I think they. Well, didn't they go outside because. Well, wasn't the final shot. The, that was the, a green screen, 100. Right. Right. Oh, you mean like outside in the real world, not in, like the, didn't in the that. universe. That was, that yeah. was on a Oh, no, no doubt. Yeah. My favorite thing about the final shot was, so, you know, Mitchell sacrifices himself. All the robots die. The ship blows up. And every, there's a celebration. There's people kind of, you know, cheering and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, I don't know if you guys saw this. There's like a two second point where a ship flies by and behind it shoots like two very small fireworks. <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was like the end of like Super Mario sixty four where they like, shoot <laughs> up like yeah that's like the equivalent of it and they shoot that up and the final shot is the the blonde lady just kind of looking to the sky yeah and then the credits roll. I um, I have a very specific uh, and this was I, I have to admit this was my viewing experience silver lining please. but I do want to yeah. share this. Uh, so I was watching it and Molly came into the room while I was watching it and she had her back to the TV screen as she was talking to me and it was during the scene where it was in the locker room with all the women where they they got into the fist fight. Oh, right. so they were like the locker room. The other women were saying they're going to take their bunks because they were going right. to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were just like to, to yeah. fight. Yeah. yeah, they were like we, we got the top are definitely bunks. Not coming back. So yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so Molly's talking to me. She has her back to the screen during this scene, so she can't see what's happening. She's just hearing the dialogue <laughs> and the fighting, and she looks at me and she's like, "It sounds like you're watching a porn." Yeah, and. <laughs> 
I did this. This is for you guys so you can experience because I this is what she heard with no visuals. So I think this plays well on a podcast. She's oh, not wrong. This is yeah. what was playing in the background <laughs> oh, while she was talking oh, to me. Okay. Yeah, so she's not wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong at all. Yeah. Oh god, that's so funny. Honestly, I'm I'm gonna say eighty five percent sure that there's a Cinemax cut of this movie. There's no, yeah, no doubt. I I uh, like there's a scene yeah. where Mitchell and Karina and Von Ryberg like they're they have a three way like that oh scene no doubt exists. It is surprising that, yeah. that, that there's that locker room fight is topless in a scene. There's a version oh, that that exists like that absolutely. All, that that version exists of this. Movie. I was actually yeah. surprised there wasn't nudity in this, especially because it, it is TV 14 and it's not even I don't even know that it deserves a TV 14. It's not violent. Like it's not. Yeah. yeah. There's no, like, no human one, gore at all. No, there's no gore. No one like sleeps together. There's just like well, some mild and, flirtation. And then I feel like they were cheated by by the ratings board because I I have <laughs> seen Marvel movies that are PG-13 that are right. more <laughs> like well, graphic that's than this. The ratings board was shown the Cinemax cut and yeah. they're like, nah, we'll we'll release this version. Well, what happened is the ratings board, they had their back to the screen the whole time. So they only heard the audio <laughs> and they just assume. <laughs> well, and especially because and now, Sean, I think to get the whole picture of what this month is about, you should definitely watch. Uh, um, H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, which was another drafting mo- drafting opportunity to the Spielberg one. Oh, uh, wow. Literally in the first three minutes of the movie, uh, the closest thing to a female lead is topless for no reason. Yeah, she yeah. just like, literally just having a, she, yeah, having got a out conversation. Of the yeah, she's out it's, of the shower having a conversation yeah. with her husband about like that's just all plot setting up except that she's like you want to have sex don't you and it's like what yeah (laughs) i I, yeah now that you mentioned that it is it is really shocking that there's no nudity in this movie yeah in fairness to that movie though that was in hg wells original uh book yeah word for word (laughs) yeah Chapter and verse, the same. He's a real horn dog than H.G. Wells. But by the way, I don't know, Andy. I'm I'm on to your secret theme of this month. I figured it out that you you haven't told anyone, but I'm on to you that like so. Last week, H.G. Wells War of the Worlds. This week, uh, a Transformers knockoff. Are we secretly doing an Orson Welles month? Is that what's happening? <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. This is all. This is all. Uh, this is all Orson Welles nonsense. Um, because never forget rapping. that his last film that he ever did oh, was as the Omicron in the animated Unicron. Unicron. That's what it is. Yeah. In the uh, well, and that's why yeah. the last the the last movie you're watching for this month, Star Crash, which is a Star Wars knockoff. Um, of course, God. Orson Welles was the original choice to voice with Darth Vader, so it all fits. See, oh my yeah, God. thematically, yeah. We're... Wait, yeah. what was his last movie? Uh, the, Transformers, the, the movie. Yeah, the Transformers, oh, wow. the '80s cartoon Transformers movie. He was wow. the uni- Unicron. That was his last. Man. That yeah. was his last. Like he had. Man, what a what a decline that guy had. <laughs> I mean, him and Brando are like are like neck and neck in terms of. 
I don't know. A lot of people said that the Transformers was the Citizen Kane of 80s animated. <laughs> 80s animated robot cartoons. Yeah. I think that's pretty agreed it was upon. It was amazing when Rosebud like transformed into like... When the sled transformed into the robot. Yeah, the yeah, military helicopter. That was unbelievable. I liked that one robot that was just a newsman that was going around trying to piece together everyone's life. <laughs> I like the robot that was uh, the aging showgirl. That was my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's good stuff. Uh, I know. I think we did it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, for, for sure. You know, I apologize for kind of going off on a tangent in some of these things. Never but holy that. cow, it's hard not to because there's just so much. There's so much that goes on in this movie. And, uh, you know, they they won. They won out at the end of the day. Now they can live in their post-apocalyptic. Um, yeah, now they're post-apocalyptic, not right. apocalyptic. Yeah, <laughs> they can finally grow some tobacco, uh, get soak some up real the... smokes instead of those nonsense synthetic ones. Right. Yeah, I guess the sun came back as soon as the robots died. I don't know what the oh, connection. Because yeah, the air cleared up because the robots changed the atmosphere for oh, their, towers. Right. With their towers. To yeah. With their towers. With their towers. Oh, sorry. I know. I, I was just gonna say. I like to. I like to imagine that the cigarettes they were smoking were just those like novelty cigarettes that just like you can puff out smoke on but yeah. actual cigarettes at all like candy cigarettes just like the ones that they use like for like theater yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's probably... be, but they live in a society where he doesn't know that it, that's not cigarettes so he's just doing it and he's like yeah these are cigarettes and like, he has oh, no clue man. unbelievable yeah i i last thing i didn't i didn't mention they kept talking about Mitchell and what a wild card he is and like how he was, the most would be, the whole he was not only literally by the book in one scene. Uh, Itchy, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, he was itchy. like, hey, why don't we get some drinks and, you know, go out of town? And Mitchell says, no, I think I'm going to read a book <laughs> and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, the way a robot would. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is almost pathetic. <laughs> this is the wild card. <laughs> They've been underground a long time. Yeah. The, bar, the bar is pretty low, I think. Uh, oh, well, my God. Sean, before we go, is there anything... Uh, I don't know. You want to promote? Do you want to tell you're, you're looking for new friends in Chicago? I don't know. Uh, you new friends in Chicago. I'm, I'm moving to Chicago July 11th. Uh, yeah. Um, that's the day uh, this comes out, I think. Lip, so you'll, lip, you're moving to oh, Chicago great. the day oh, this comes I'll, out. I'll listen to it. The day this episode, <laughs> it'll be on your, on your train ride. Yeah. If you want to be my new friend and you live in Chicago, uh, hit me up. Um, let's see. Are there any podcast but just to uh, warn you sean is a wild card so if you're gonna be friends <laughs> yeah. with him, he's a loose cannon yeah. <laughs> i'm a real mitchell yeah he's, he's a real warren mitchell <laughs> you're gonna be like hey you want to go see this this improv show yeah. you want to go get some some weird hot dogs or whatever and he's gonna yeah. be like no i'm gonna yeah. read a book yeah. and stay I'll in give a, a plug to uh stick picks um me and me and caroline yates uh we have uh i think we're gonna have a new one coming out soon uh, I'm going to do an old review with her before I move. Uh, Did you say what that is? If people don't so know, if you like Mutz, uh Caroline is uh, was uh, part of Big, and she as an improviser. And um, oh, I and meant the what review- Stick Picks is, but yeah, Caroline oh, is great. I, I, yeah. I, thought you, oh, <laughs> I didn't hear you. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Stick Picks is um, is a re- uh, review that um, 
we both do and we review, review mozzarella sticks. Uh, we reviewed some in Baltimore, reviewed some in New York, uh, probably continue to review some in Chicago. Um, it's a real shame and, the Lost City Diner closed down. Oh, man, yeah. that, Lost City, so Lost City Diner, I think, was my favorite mozzarella stick. But right now, I think the best one is uh, Joe Squared. That's Ooh, my that's my go to. Yeah, because I, I, I think they're made fresh. I think I don't think they're frozen. Uh, or at least they, they it seems like there's a lot of care put into them. Um, but yeah, stick picks, uh, I guess subscribe if you'd like. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And uh, if you have any uh, places in Chicago where uh, you'd like us to review uh, or like me to review sticks. as a mozzarella sticks. I can guarantee uh, you know. some restaurant in Chicago is deep oh. frying cheese. So don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. But Chicago no style mozzarella sticks are something they have like. Oh, my they God. Put cucumber, yeah. They put cucumbers <laughs> on top. And yeah. they're yeah. just they're they're It's a full six inches thick. It's right. Just a, it's just a full <laughs> batter fried wheel of moss. <laughs> right. Yeah, they take an entire. And, yeah. You know, it's just like one of those giant balls of fresh mozzarella just dropped wet into the fryer. Ew. I, 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 you know, I would not be surprised. <laughs> I'll no, eat it. Wisconsin, I'll try it. I'll stick pick it. Yeah. Wisconsin's just a uh, hop, skip, and jump away. That's true. I bet they have. And, and they are all about of... the fried cheese. So. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, thanks. This is great. Uh, this is really super glad fun. I'm, I'm glad we got show. to do this for such a wonderful film. Yes. Yeah. And thank you for <laughs> your classic. notes. I appreciate all the notes that you <laughs> took. My pleasure. I'll, I'll send you both uh, my copies. And, you know, I, I, posterity. I would, for posterity, for the uh, yeah, <laughs> for the tell-all biography, we're gonna write right, it's right. Well, and also right. someday, Andy and I are gonna open up uh, you, like our version of a presidential library, where you can go right, and review yeah. all of our notes and various documents right. and papers from right. from the years of after we're both elected president subsequently to each other. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I can't wait. Thanks for coming and thanks for listening and keep on transmorphing. Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question Are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We We Have have to to Ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peak Sloth Network at peaksloth.com. Peaksloth.com.